second episode, part four. One second. I couldn't remember if she had heard some of the things that dude had told me in the few conversations that we had that were kind of random. I was trying to relax us both for a bit, so I told her about how dude had told me he was from another world and that, and that there were so many different worlds in the universe. How he had said that the specific world he had been, his specific world had been around longer than ours and that they had different developments that allowed them to see and do some things that we could not see or do here. That his world was so evolved and peaceful that generations ago they had started looking for ways to help any nearby planets because a specific kind of technology could reach the nearest planets. It wasn't like they were actually here, but they could see and hear what went on here and their technology could affect some of the things going on here. They could also see things we can't, which is how they had been able to, to tell I would desperately need help with some of the things coming to me. The aliens had told me someone would come to help and that their technology would allow them to help with things that other humans on our planet couldn't get to. Dude had told me that the little aliens knew there had been many planets who had offered to help, so I was covered that way. Then he had also said that his planet had learned from experience that a life without helping others was not for them, and that most of his planet had needed this purpose. That is when they had found a way to reach and help the planets nearest to them, very unique ways that sort of left other planets most of the time unaware of their existence. Little Bree and I talked about all of this for a while, and whether we each believed what they were all saying, and we both sided with we kind of believed them, because all of this combined weird stuff going on. He had said most of the time, the things that these beings did to help other humans on our planet, they did so without consent, because they thought saw things from such a different view. They claimed there was no way a human would not want them to help in the ways that they were able to if they could see things the way they did. This bothered me a bit, and I felt horrible that it bothered me. I was experiencing a similar battle going on inside over the way this other planet did things. Our time together had been much different than the night the al little aliens where we had talked and bonded all night. I was super grateful for this one really meaningful and interesting and deep conversation that Dude and I had. I told a little Bree that I had straight up asked Dude, how did he know that they were even helping? Maybe what they thought was helping was actually hurting. Because they didn't exist here on Earth, so how could they truly see things the way we see things here? actually living down here? How could they have an accurate view on what might help? He explained their view was much like the little aliens, that it was hard to explain to a human from here 
the specific ways they helped, but that they could see things we couldn't, and that there was no way what they were doing to help could be considered harmful. Then I asked him if their technology was so advanced, why couldn't they find a way to communicate with this earth? He had told me that they actually did have a way to communicate with this earth if they wanted to, but that at this point there was too much risk involved in this planet finding out about their existence. I actually totally agreed with him on this part. Like I could see how our world is not that advanced at all and as far as maturity and why eventually we could be dangerous to other beings. We just had this really respectful conversation about my doubts and I was genuinely curious how they knew they were helping and he explained the best he could. I still wanted their help and I thanked him for everything they were doing, even though I didn't understand it all. I told him that the little aliens and I had been through an open conversation much like this. He had then shared that the little aliens were from much further away and they only rarely help people on this planet, that the specific things that they had done were very important almost like life-saving surgery for my brain, and that I was lucky to even have woken up the next morning, no matter how messed up my brain felt. Everything would have been a million times worse without them. And there were no other planets who could have done what they had done. He said they had actually been right by my bedside like it had felt for me, versus the way he helped me from where he was still on his planet, just using the technology they had. Little Bree and I mused over all these things, and both of us just shared our thoughts around everything. This was a lot to take in, actually, but pretty cool. I wanted to believe in all this 100% and put all of my faith and belief behind what was happening, but that just had never been the way my brain worked. Soon, there was an actual whole group of different beings that came along, and I could tell they looked and felt much like dude, human-like, and they said they were here to help with the additional complicated health things going on in my body. I laid there while they worked on me, and they told me that me and little Bree, how unique and special we each were how they had never had the privilege of witnessing or working on someone that contained two people in one body. They told us we were unique, first of all, because of the two-in-one-body thing, but second of all, and most importantly, because of how much we loved and took care of one another. They just kept working on me, and I had no idea what they were specifically doing, but there was a lot of weird sensations as I laid there mostly paralyzed again hoping that whatever they did was actually helping and not hurting me. All of a sudden, I had this overwhelming feeling to talk about Jill, and right after I thought of her, they asked me what I had just thought of. I just started going off about her and her wonderfulness, then about how much I loved and missed her. I told them about her physical and mental pain, and how she was my hero for all she had made it through for so many years. 
I went on a rant about how pissed I was at all the people who judged her and acted as if her life didn't matter because of the way she died. There were so many holier-than-thou judgmental people and thoughts around suicide on our planet. Anyone who made her life and her impact smaller because of the way she died was bullshit. But that is what happens here, I told them. After I said all that, I got this overwhelming feeling to say something I would be emotionally clobbered for if I ever actually said it on this planet. I decided to let myself say what my heart was feeling. You know what? This isn't to encourage others to die the way that she died. Let's just get that disclaimer out there first. In Jill's case, though, and who knows, maybe in all cases where people die by suicide, we should be proud of them, and maybe even in the way they died. Not to encourage others to do the same, but to honor the amount of pain it takes to get to that point. Most here wouldn't ever think it was okay for me to think this, let alone say it, but I'm proud of her for going through with it. Because this was the best form of self-care in her long-term million layers of hell torturous situation a person could give themselves. Most people on this earth have more respect for animals' pain than they do for fellow humans' pain. Like they understand an owner putting down a pet who is severely suffering, but they aren't evolved enough to allow the same dignity and respect for fellow humans are who are suffering that immensely. Every day she had fought to stay here was a miracle and a testament to her strength. And I knew she had made it 10 million times further than any of the people who talk or think crap about her suicide. I went on with this rant for the next while in my head, just thinking how most people here just have no idea about anything if they didn't honor her life or her choice. She should have had the opportunity to make a choice, to go out in a peaceful way with help and love surrounding her. She should have had a choice for a humane euthanization if that was her choice. Instead, she had to go out in a horrible way. And then on top of that, to get her life judged and have people think over and over and over that her life was now fair game to judge. There's so much shame around suicide that a lot of people don't get their lives honored if they go that way. Which is the exact opposite of how it should be to me. In my mind, if you die by suicide, usually you have been fighting and conquering impossible battles for a very long time, and this type of person deserves mountains and mountains of respect. Yet often, here, they leave this planet with everything they have ever done being discredited in the most shameful way, and their memory destroyed behind closed doors and whispers and in people's own thoughts. I continued on and started talking out loud again, and I told them, I know Jill had received a lot of judgment, even though I personally didn't hear a lot of it. How could anyone who judged her 
think they had the right to even think or speak her name as if they knew anything about her battle or her 10 million more times of hell, long-term suffering. No one had the right to think they knew what her situation was like or what it was like to get to that point. No one had the right to utter her name or think anything about her situation if they weren't thinking or talking with the heaps of respect she had earned by making it through that hell as long as she did. Yet the way in which she left, many people's attitudes were the exact opposite of what she deserved. She deserved awe, admiration, honor, respect, unconditional love, and pure compassion. These are all things that she should have had and things that should have been hers from every single person who had ever known her. If others had only known and felt her level of pain, maybe they would have seen the mountains of honor she should have left with. After I ended these passionate rants, the group of beings became very interested in her, and they told me they wanted to help make sure Jill's spirit was in the right place. They had noticed that sometimes on our planet, spirits ended up in the wrong places despite the good they had done in their lives. Not all the time, just sometimes. The way I talked of her meant that she had at the very least been evolved enough to have made a big difference in my life, and they said that alone should mean she got to go to somewhere where she could feel peace. I clarified that not all were the judgmental, dishonoring type. She did have a big group of many who deeply loved her and understood. I knew of many who she had touched in her life here because of her real, genuine, and honest heart. Those were only a few of her, her amazing qualities she possessed. There were so many. And there were many who were respectful. I just took issue with some of the general attitudes around suicide on this earth. Jill had made such a big impact on my life in a good way. They just wanted to make sure that she was in the right place. So they told me a few of them were going to see if they could find where she was and where her soul had ended up. I hadn't been expecting this was even a possibility. The fact that just by expressing myself honestly, unfiltered to these beings, might be able to help her now blew my mind. I laid there in more peace than I had felt for a long time. And when the few of them who had gone came back, they said the fact that I had brought up her name, had made it so they were able to find and work on getting her to a better place. The beings told me that she wasn't supposed to go where she had ended up, that there had been some evil man who had forced her to go to this place, and she didn't want or deserve to be in it. They said this place was one version of hell, and even though I hated that she was in a version of hell, if anyone could exist there and find pockets of light there, it was her. She was a lot like me, able to find light even in the darkest places, even if it was only the tiniest bit. Uh, I'd probably change that because, well, I did find light in my life, but I didn't realize it was finding light, if that makes sense, till hindsight. So I always lacked the hope and didn't feel the light, but then when I looked back, I could feel pockets of light. In fact, 
for a while I was thinking of naming this book um, Pockets of Hope, but I don't think I will, but yeah. Okay. I'm like reading really loud and fast. Sorry. Uh, one sec. If I hadn't thought of her or spoken of her in this way, I did. I wondered if she would have remained there, and that just seems so messed up to me. This made me really bitter towards how I thought things might be here on this earth, so unfair even in death, which further reinforced to me that there was no higher power or order. We just ended up where we ended up, some in shittier situations than others, and the good we did didn't play a part. The fact that these beings could double-check and make sure she had gone to the right place had been everything. Otherwise, this evil man would have gotten away with his plan to keep her where he could have access to her. They told me they were going to be able to help get her fully out, but that it would take some time. Then the last being who had been with her returned and told me, Bree, Jill's here. We've found a way for her to be here. She can't stay for long, but she wants to help us work on you for a minute. They said she would be sort of reaching out through another worldly realm. I just had the biggest feeling of, oh my God, how could she be here? She's here? She's really here? All of a sudden, I could feel her soul, her spirit, her jillness. And she said, hey, Brioche. Thanks for being so enraged for me. It's messed up, right? The most indescribable feeling came over me. It was some otherworldly, indescribable, inhuman words feeling that held so much meaning and substance. This very special feeling took over me, and she said, I, I knew you'd be the one to help find me, Brioche. Thank you. She went on to say, you know I have gotten used to living in hell. I can take it down there, but I would like to get fully out if possible. I felt there was a sort of line above the head of my bed, almost like this was where the veil to this other place met my realm. Somehow I knew we weren't really in the same place. It was just like there were these two places lining up and meeting for a brief moment in time. And she reached through this veil to where I was. Jill leaned down and put her head on my head, like hugging, but with our heads, a head hug. We both cried a bit. Then I told her about how I missed her. And now I had a Jill hole that I had just written about it in Blue Sky. She told me she was so grateful I had sent some beautiful and fair and powerful beings to look for her and that she thought they were going to help her get fully out. We talked about how we both hoped we would meet again when she wasn't in hell and when my soul left my body. In this moment with Jill, I again forgot that I might end up having to sacrifice myself, and I still thought I had a lot of life ahead of me. She asked, though, if she could help with the healing they were doing on my body for a bit. And even though she was in hell, I knew her soul was just as pure and beautiful. Out of anyone I know, she is one who would know how to survive in hell and still find some meaning. 
She could be living in hell and still be a safe place for me. This was especially cool because a few years back, Jill had given me Deekshaw blessings a few times after she had graduated from the Deekshaw thing, which Deekshaw was a sort of energy work that she had learned how to do that had also given her a purpose, and it sort of reminded me of what these beings had been doing to me. Jill and the other beings worked on me together, and I felt a new sense of peace. I didn't understand specifically what they were doing to help my body and soul, but in this moment, I was able to be more accepting of all that was going on. After just a little bit, she said that that was all she could do and that she had to go. The beings gave us a few moments completely alone, which sort of felt like they had just cut their connection of some sort of telegraphic stream. They were just gone, and I no longer sensed their presence at all. Jill and I had a very meaningful moment where we joked back and forth a bit with our typical morbid humor, and we were just with one another doing the forehead hug thing. When Jill was gone, When Jill was gone, the beings quickly returned and they promised they would do everything they could and that she would be somewhere peaceful soon. Even if they had to go to some very high up beings on this planet, they were going to make it happen. As they continued to work on me, they discovered where little Brie was specifically at in my body at that moment. I sometimes knew where she was, but at this moment I didn't. They were delighted to find her and her location, and because in finding her they were able to see all the ways we had been helping each other more fully. They could now see from both of our sides how fully we loved and cared for one another. They were able to see we hadn't talked about something yet, really important something, and that was that both of us were already willing and ready to be sacrificed for one another, if it ever came to that. I already thought this was where I was, and where I might be at, or getting close to, because of the intuition I had been having, and I had been looking for the right time to talk with this, to talk to her about this. I hadn't gotten to the point where I even considered she might be willing to do the same for me. This made me happy that we both would do this for one another. Now I felt even more sure that I would be able to sacrifice myself, knowing that she would do the same for me. They told us this was important for both of us to know, not for right now, but for the future. Little Brie had no idea I would be willing to sacrifice myself for her, and I had no idea Little Brie would be willing to sacrifice herself for me just because that hadn't been something either one of us had gotten to think about consciously out loud with each other yet. We were both kind of in awe of one another for a minute, and finding out we were both at the same place further deepened our already deep connection. The beings were just continually expressed how unique and surprising both of us were as they continued to work on now us. They had just never seen anything like us. 
They said that they had seen a few two beings in one situations, but that those two beings in one were known to destroy one another. Then little Bree told me that while she had been in the safe place the last time, when I was fighting the evil creature, she had the inspiration that if we made it out of that, her and I needed to find a way for both of us to exist in this body. I just didn't feel it was quite like the right time to tell her about my intuition. And I was starting to think that maybe I would, and that I was starting to think maybe I wouldn't make it out of this. Maybe what I had been feeling about this might even be wrong, though. After she had told me that she thought we needed to find ways to make it in this body together, I thought maybe my intuition was wrong. I told her that sounded like a perfect idea because it did. After all, if there were if there was any way for me to stay here, I would need to know for myself that I had tried to find it. I couldn't see myself ever being at complete peace with sacrificing myself unless we had done everything we could to try to make it work with both of us. She then asked if I was okay for her to go anywhere. She then asked if it was okay for her to go to the area where the dead sleeves had been pulled from me. This area was still physically very painful, so I asked her if she was sure. She said she was feeling very drawn to go to that place, so I told her to go for it. I felt the little bubble she was in go there, and then the pain I was still having subsided. This was such a crazy feeling. I asked her if she was okay or if it hurt there, and she said it felt completely right and peaceful. I couldn't believe this because the pain I had been feeling was super intense, but for some reason, her being there just instantly and dramatically reduced my pain. As she faded out into a peaceful sleep, she said she may sleep for a while because she was so worn out from being so afraid when I had been fighting the creature. The beings said they had come to a point where the next thing they needed to do was to work on getting the multiple chronic infections in my body under control. I quickly felt as if there was something being suctioned from my belly, and then the same began for basically all the parts of me that contained organs. I opened my eyes, and there were all these different streams and shadows of spidery-looking things and other shit coming out from me from all these different places. I felt the sensations one would feel as if they were having things like that strongly suctioned out of the body. They pulled out everything they could over what I think was like a 30 minute period. And then they told me when I woke up, I should be starting to feel a bit better. They said I would always have health issues, but that they would be better managed now and soon I would feel much like a new person. Also, they would have to come every so often to maintain the results of what they were helping with, but they said that they were willing to do that. These beings said that when I woke up in the morning, one thing I would definitely notice is that my eyes would not look the same. This would be my first sign of some of the big changes going on in my body and soul. 
They would look a lot brighter and more bluish than the hazel green they had been, and they would have a glow that most humans don't have. The beings wanted to warn me because they said it was probably going to be very dramatic the first few days and that I may want to wear sunglasses to avoid questions from others. They said that when I woke up, I would, they said that when I would wake up, I would feel new. And when I asked what that meant, they said it was something that couldn't be explained in words, but I would understand in the morning. After this, I faded out and fell asleep. But what I felt like a short time later, I woke up with the worst nightmarish feeling. I remember thinking, like, what the crap? I thought I was supposed to feel better. I thought, for real, damn, maybe this is psychosis. I was so confused and pretty tortured. This was another time it just occurred to me, I wonder if this is psychosis briefly. As I began to panic, a few beings manifested and said, your case is turning out to be much more complicated than we had thought. We need to do some additional things. The reasons this was feeling like psychosis more was because I was just getting deeper and deeper into the stories, and one thing after the next was starting to morph into the next nightmare. This made sense to me, though, that my case was more complicated because this was very reminiscent of my actual health experience in life, which had always been more complicated layer after layer. They said this time they would have to put me fully out while they worked on me. So just like happens when they put you out for surgery, I faded out. 